Well, hey there. Welcome to the in between. It has been quite a while since we last uh, recorded a podcast. Um, but we had some. some how, do you, how do you phrase? It? It's been over a year. No, not because <laughs> no, then it's not. It was right. last year. Last uh, year when we. I did get that from my, a, from one of my neighbors. Did you? Yeah. I haven't seen you since. I haven't seen you since last year. Oh like, wow! Yep. Two days ago. That. <laughs> it's a good it's, it's a good, a good dad one yeah, good good dad, good joke. dad joke um no so it it but it has been a while um because you know christmas holidays and stuff like that funny enough we actually recorded a podcast uh last week and we had some uh technological failures with our um, devices here and it was completely unusable <laughs> y'all, y'all could have <laughs> Wow, thanks, Colson. Wow. It's all right. We don't know if this one's usable either. That's we'll true. We'll get to the end of recording this one, and it may be yep. garbage all as right, well. All right, that's all. That's all. There's no there, yeah, there's no point in us. Continue. Anyway, um, but I uh, wanted to make sure and, and jump on here. Um, this this week, we, we are actually going to be headed back to Daniel. Um, I don't know if y'all remember um, um, over a month ago. Last year, we did a study of Daniel. <laughs> Sorry. Last year we did a study of Daniel, um, and uh, we only made it through chapter ten. So we've got to start chapter eleven. Um, we've got to get through eleven and twelve before we can say we completed this. So, because yep. Chris wanted to uh, take a break at for the Advent and actually talk through the Gospel accounts of the Advent, so we did that right and got through that. And then these past couple of weeks, he's been doing kind of the normal beginning of the year, State of the Union. Yes. Who are we as a church? And we did we did have some interesting, I guess, comments on uh, with Chris, which unfortunately, again, he's not here today um, to, to continue those. But last week, we did talk about some of those kind of the touch points of health. Right. And what do those numbers mean? And how do we really account for those things? Uh, because it has. And it's been an interesting question to ask, you know, are we healthy? Which that's an interesting thing to ask anyways in the uh and and church you know parameters of what are what is a success measure when it comes to ministry right what are your performance standards and you know we and i think we we know a lot who are doing this that have clear-cut you know measures on numbers or mm-hmm. um especially you know just in light of attendance or in giving or kind of simple things like that and and we know that that while that does indicate some kind of health it isn't the sole yeah we that's we can't we can't we we have tried to make it very clear that that numbers are not how we measure success or health or anything like that 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 our our real only concern is obedience yeah um that we're we're obedient to god that we're um, following our our king that we're um practicing what we preach inside of that and numbers aren't are not directly tied to it yeah um but it is worth looking at yeah and i think you know as as chris had said you can have you can be a big church with a lot of people and you can be a small church with a small amount of people and you can both be healthy Mm -hmm. but it just depends on how those people are engaging and one of those was you know the number that he shared of the what was it nine hundred something unique 
registrations? Yeah, it was it was a little over nine hundred, but they there were nine hundred unique registrations since October. Not even since we started going um, online, or since we started coming back from just being online. Um, nine hundred and something um, unique. I want to say it was nine hundred and eighteen unique registrations. It was like three hundred and twenty five households. Right. Um, so those are those are not counting anybody coming twice. There are a bunch of people who came more than once for sure, but that's just the number of people that have come at least once and registered and registered to come because then there's more than that that have come for sure. Um, yeah, and last week, you know, Chris asked us the question, well, what do we what do we make of that number? You know, is that playing into again this idea of are we healthy or not? And and I think again we were when we had talked about it, it was like were encouraged by it like it, i i feel like hearing hearing that there was unique registrations that many unique registration ra- representing that many households you know to think about the work that is at hand well at least the workers are here you know like it would be a different thing if we didn't have that and we thought wow we need to turn back onto a full schedule with children's ministry we mm-hmm. need to open up these next sev- steps with life groups and events and to think well, to do that, we need people. And then if you went to, well, then who's coming and you didn't have anybody, I think that would be a sign that it's like, oh, well, well that's unfortunate or this this may not be something that's possible or something that we're ready for. Right. And so he took it as, well, this is good that they are there. But at the same time, there's that caveat. And this is, I think, a key distinction of, again, like we talked about, what what does that 900 represent as far as what do people do? Not just who's here. Um, because if you have, you know, 900 unique registrations that have come and just are here to be, you know, consumers, basically one attend one service, you know, hear the message. And then that's all of their church life experience at South spring. Um, you know, again, it's like glad you're here, right? That may be the step you need to take. You may, it may be, uh, a huge milestone that you're even I, here. It's it's incredibly important, like that that people are here, but it it cannot be the the only um, being being present cannot be the only part of your uh, um, Christian walk. Right. It can't be the the um, if. I've, I wear shirts now that say Jesus is is not a weekend thing, mm-hmm. um, and Jesus is bigger than Sunday and stuff like that. Those, like that's that's for real. Like if mm-hmm. if if all your Christian walk is happening on a Sunday morning, like that's not good. Yeah, and I and I think I think Chris in his sermon last week, especially, um, I think picturized that well in the sense that it, it isn't just kind of the shame on you. You're not doing enough. You haven't you know, check that box and you haven't performed to be a good enough Christian, but more in the sense of his said, like you're missing out. Like, I think, I think that that is it. I think for, for people who, you know, are solely attending that their Christian walk, their demonstration of faith is just, I'm here on a Sunday. And the, I think it's just, it's not that, you know, they're they're to be chastised in the sense of, you know, you should be suffering more than the suffering you're doing now as attending no. church. Yeah. No, but but I think we can have that mindset or communicate that mindset. We can't. I, unfortunately. And, yeah. Unfortunately, I think that that sometimes we, uh, not we like being people in this room, but um, sometimes Christians have 
have given that like, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but that uh, um, children's ministry is extended prison, and mm-hmm. it, it, you know that we you 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 don't want to work there. Like that's just really hard and um, pointless. You know, it kind of gives that like this is pointless mindset. And I think what we've been trying to um, explain for a while now is that it's it's absolutely not. Yeah. Like that there there is there is long term strong like foundational benefit mm-hmm. um to what's going on inside of um any type I mean any type of uh um ministry that we're doing with the kids that we're teaching them to be ministers with the students we're teaching them to be ministers not just to be ministered to um and then inside of our uh um uh small group or small groups our life groups as well um that those those times to be able to pour into other adults um is uh like that's really important yeah and and good and and that's what i feel like is you know again the message that it's is probably better presented of saying like again if you if your only experience of the christian faith is attending on sundays then when when jesus says i have come to give you life and to give you life abundant the abundant part of that is is more is is a yeah. is experiencing him in a in not just this one avenue one time a week right in a simplified form i mean how much of your life is spent outside of the church building mhm and and i feel like that's what that's what he's calling upon is he's saying right. like that that life like your whole life your is whole life i've come to make abundant and and again chris talked about you know the the whether it's the paradoxical sense of when Jesus says, you know, take take my my yoke, because my my yoke is easy, my burden is light. But he's not it's saying still a yoke. Yeah, he's not saying take off all yokes and have no yoke. No, take my yoke, because apparently it's the one that's good. Yes, the one that is right for you, the one that fulfills you, yeah. um, the way that you are meant to be created. Yeah. It, it isn't that we aren't supposed to have a burden it's just that we're supposed to have his burden and when we have his burden in comparison to our own burdens or the burdens of the world then we could say certainly oh yeah this is light because i can now walk with it not against it and i feel like that's what um that's that's what the world's burden does is constantly when you when you're wearing that you're constantly having to fight against it use all the energy incorrectly for no purpose right no aim of going forward and it's painful and 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 it hurts and so now when we when we put on jesus's right burden then we can move forward and again a good step for we, i feel like we've all experienced this in one way or another there you regardless of if you like your job that you're in right now you have done work probably at some point in your life that was just fulfilling that felt good when you finished it mm-hmm like that wasn't like even though you may be like physically tired at the end of it you like it it gave you energy to yeah. do the work so we all like we know that experience mm-hmm. inside of us um like it we just mowing lawns that's that's very mine. satisfying mine well and this is this is the realization that i had is when when i would mow other people's lawns 
<laughs> I felt so good about it. I felt so fulfilled. Like there was like, oh, I started something. I finished something. Like it was once tall and weedy. Now it like looks clean yeah. and good. Yeah. And then mowing my own lawn. And I was like, totally different experience. I don't feel as <laughs> satisfied. Like somehow it looks the same. I did the same amount of work <laughs> and it's like, and, and, and again, it's like, well, it's nice, yeah. but it doesn't feel quite as satisfying. And I don't know, there's something to that realization in my own, my own life. And then I think it was that it was, well, what's the difference? What, what is the difference between these two experiences? And right. one was serving outside myself for somebody else. Right. One was serving myself. And I was like, yeah, serving outside myself just felt I don't know felt like this was this was what I was designed to do rather than just serving myself but again right. kind of the same thing that you were saying yeah well and you know something like Lori likes vacuuming and Lori likes Lori actually likes mowing the yard because she, you know you see like the the progression of like the lines I guess yeah um, things like that that are that are some sort of measurable for a lot of people. That's, that's the kind of thing that, that feels good at the end of it to get done with. Um, but the, um, the, the idea that there, there is work that, um, we can do that, that, you know, even looking back at Genesis that Jesus or that, uh, um, God had, um, given Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The garden to tend. Yeah. Um, work in the beginning yeah. wasn't punishment. Yeah. I mean, even like you could think of, uh, even naming all the animals mm -hmm. as, as a form of work, looking at, looking at all the, examining all the animals, giving them a name, that type of thing, that that was, that was a type of work, um, which I mean, has its own like what, but, um, there, there is, uh, there's, there hasn't, man was not created to sit on our rear ends and just blessed assurance blessed assurance sorry As that was i Ken. when he said that the first time in the service i lost it like <laughs> I, had, I hadn't heard that before and i, I hadn't either it was just hilarious to me so i i i couldn't breathe there for a second um but yeah we weren't made to sit on our blessed assurance or is who was it um at pine cove um i think it was daniel wallace that used to say uh the just made the consume groceries and uh breathe air and consume groceries or was that kevin i don't know i don't yeah. man it, back in the day though um that that's life is more than that um and it's you know there's effort is not bad um elizabeth actually has a sign on her um uh on her desk that i love um that says uh hard is not the same thing as bad mm. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we, we forget that sometimes, but this is like, this is a great, um, thing to be thinking about going into or going back into Daniel as we mm -hmm. look at, uh, chapter 11, um, cause there's a lot of hard that, uh, that the angel, that the, mm -hmm. um, Messenger. prophecy, um, gives Daniel, and Daniel didn't just sit on his blessed assurance after receiving it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm I, hopefully I'm never going to forget to use that phrase because that's awesome. <laughs> and and I think and again we unfortunately talked about this last week and it didn't survive the recording. But 
the the notion of where do you take your next step in your faith yes. and this idea of you know of of standing you know for the lord's purposes and then thus not always being um you know the the comfortable or the easy or really kind of what we would define the self-centered easy right. version of things um and then you know if where do you take that next step if you're challenged into the okay how do i live out my faith in a another form or another thing and and to say to pause and to look and to say oh well serving in children's ministry being a part of this 150 um and if you draw the line of saying oh no no no, no that's that's too much mm-hmm. like that's that's too far um it's almost kind of the counterproductive version of why we even facilitate this on our property on sunday mornings right because you know you think about it it's like oh well if i should you know share my faith with my neighbors or my coworker and you have that thought and it's like, oh, that's terrifying. You know, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to to walk out of my cubicle over to my neighbor's cubicle and to start about talking Jesus. about Yeah, Jesus. That it's like if if that seems like such a leap of of you can't even imagine the participation of that. Well then maybe it's the well good. Well yeah, you you're not ready quite for that. So maybe you need to start practicing by being the mouth of the gospel to some Seven-year-olds with with a script in front of with, you. yeah with everything laid out in a in a, a, a plan and in the message and just being part of it like and and I feel like that's what a lot of times what we're facilitating at least on Sunday mornings when it comes to ministering with and to our own children that the, it it's like the beginner step like take take that step because it's the easier step it's actually it's actually much easier to go and to do that. And doing that then will encourage your soul and hopefully prepare you for then the next step, you know, the next step of when you do need to talk to your, you know, colleague at work and you can think, oh, well, I was once terrified of, you know, a bunch of, a room of, of seven-year-olds. I'm, you're a lot less intimidating now (laughs) when I think about the experience there, you know, type thing. And so again, that was a, a concept that I don't think I verbalized that way before. Right. That that this is not the extended prison. This isn't the all in, all out, you know, the end of the line. You know, it's like, no, this is actually probably the easiest, you know, one of the right. easier facilitated, you know, ways to. With, with huge return. Mm-hmm. With huge return yeah. for both yourself and the child or and the, and the other adult and the other, and the student, like whoever you're pouring into like Sunday morning, um, what we're doing on a Sunday morning can have huge return. Yeah. Um, and the, the consistency of it and, and, and in that, you know, I always joke that Sunday just keeps coming. Mm-hmm. Like we, we just keep preparing every for Sunday days. every seven days. Sunday just keeps coming. Well, the consistency of that is right. God ordained, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the, the fact that we can, do that on a on a regular basis with each other and uh, pointing each other to to Jesus is is a huge thing and I think like that's that's what we're trying to do in all aspects of Sunday morning we're trying to point each other to Jesus we are trying to help each other follow as disciples like that's that's what we're doing you know we're we are worshiping him together 
We're encouraging each other to worship him in our lives and not just on Sunday mornings. We're we're encouraging each other to remember truths that it's easy for us to forget inside of ourselves. And, you know, we just keep meeting together. We keep coming back. Um, and that's on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like that is, that is a really important thing. And remembering that, um, there, there is fruit that is being, uh, even if you don't see fruit, it is being cultivated. It is being, um, the seeds are being planted. It's being watered. It's, it, it is growing slowly. Um, it's hard in this microwave society that we live in now um, to be patient with any kind of growth or change or anything like that, it seems. But it it is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, don't be afraid of that long obedience in one direction um, and to, to see the opportunity to be equipped yeah. for the ministry that God has called you to in your individual lives. And that's what was funny last week when we began kind of with the, even the question um, of what, what is it when you just sit down and you listen to a Sunday morning sermon right, and then walk, walk away, you know? Yeah. And is, is there that idea, you know, James puts it as don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers, doers. of the word. Yeah. Um, and it really sparked to me is that, go ahead. Paul that, that uh, does the analogy of seeing the, um, seeing yourself in a mirror and then, Dimly, dimly, yeah. No, it's uh, not not seeing through a mirror dimly, but like um, seeing in a glass dimly. But like uh, when he talks about um, how you, you is that? Were you? Yeah, you look in the mirror and then you immediately forget what you look like. Yeah, but I think is that James? I think that I think it's James. same thing. Yeah, I, yeah it's, it's the same passage. same passage. Sorry. And anyways, and so that that idea though still of what is it? What what's the difference between this kind of? notion of head knowledge and heart knowledge. Right. Um, and, and I feel like, again, for the American church, like so much that we express is just kind of that, oh, well, if I, if I gain head knowledge, then I'm good. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I certainly wrong. And, and I think I even have that predisposition towards wanting to do that. Gaining head knowledge knowledge and thinking that that's enough. Like, oh, well, I, I learned something, um, and and I spent time listening to somebody cleverer than I, Chris, up on stage, present right. something that I hadn't thought about before. In a way, I hadn't thought about it, or yeah, whatever. And, and then now that it's like, oh well, I've I've now experienced that teaching, and I can add that to my head of like I've learned something more. Um, it it isn't that that is wrong, like that still is no, it's not wrong. Is appropriate and it, an appropriate part of the Christian walk and living. Um, I think it's why the uh, apostles did go out and their primary means of evangelism was teaching, preaching. I mean, right. I think Paul set that up as his, I mean, his evangelistic model was for him to walk into a synagogue and preach in the first thing that he did in a, in a new town that he went to. I think that there's an appropriateness towards that, but it, there does seem to be an unfortunate side if that's all you're going to participate in. Right. It's super unfortunate that, um, that you could have so much knowledge about God, about Christ, about, um, you know, (laughs) um, 
some some you know even even memorizing the like the Romans road to salvation or or something like that and it not changing your life mm-hmm. that um the the kindness of God brings us to repentance not to um feeling good about how we the stuff that we know um if if your life isn't marked by repentance then I would I would challenge you that probably what you have is head knowledge yeah and then you're getting back to what you were saying earlier of the abundant life yeah it's right like we're if, if all you're doing is coming to to fill your brain with something god intends for the to be so much richer mm-hmm. in that okay he's given you the means to then take that yeah. and use it and i think so that's yeah. going to be the true sign of health yeah is not just the 900 unique signups but it's like well then how many take then that of like who are here yes. receiving the head knowledge and then are desperate for the Lord to do what only he can do, which is transform the heart. Right. And then play that out. Yeah. Fun fact. And I didn't even think about this when we were starting, but uh, I was recently listening to um, uh, feed my cheap, which is a collection, a book with a collection of a bunch of different uh, pastors and authors. Mm. And, it, and it largely is preaching. It was my brother-in-law who recommended it to me. And, but in it, uh, I was listening to RC Sproul and he was in his section talking about, uh, how a, a Jewish mindset of this head and heart is mm-hmm. actually probably was very much different. Um, they, they, that's true in the Bible. When they said heart knowledge, they actually probably mean more of closer to what we are saying as head knowledge. Right. They, they didn't, they didn't view the what head. We call our heart. They called their gut or stomach. Yeah, exactly. That it was, it was their, you know, mid region, their gut, that that's where their emotions came from. And so the heart was actually where their thought came from their reason. And then their gut was where their emotion came from. And Mm. uh, it's interesting that, you know, through the Greek influences of gnosis and knowledge and how it, how all those things now have migrated North, (laughs) (laughs) I guess, uh, to now head and heart versus now your heart, but then your gut, like you feel it in your gut. And I, and again, that still resonates in our language today. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have a gut feeling, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, we still use that idea, but I didn't, I, I found that interesting of that insight into, at least when the Bible talks about heart, it's not making this delineation between head and heart. Like we are, it's probably speaking of the heart as both of those things. Right. And then when it really gets down to what are you feeling, it goes down into your gut. Into your gut. Yeah. No, that's that's a good um, whatever. But it, it it is like I we talk about this a lot when it comes to worship um, because um, worship, worship a, a lot of times you'll hear a bunch of different uh, definitions of worship. If you think of worship as, as singing, then I'm sorry to burst your bubble. It's, that's not what worship is. Um Though we use singing a lot in worship, and there's reasons for that, and we can talk about that some other time. Um, worship, uh, one of the definitions that I've heard for a long time is is setting your mind's attention and your heart's affection on Christ. Those two, like mind's attention and heart's, the mind's attention is really important inside of that. That that you would you you're uh, that you're able to engage all of you inside of worship is, is a really important thing. And I think that's that, that we talk about the the overflow of the heart and things like that, that we're, what we're staying our minds on is, is, and, and what our, um, uh, what we've planted ourselves. in. that's, that's what the fruit is 
bearing from um, inside of our lives. And so it's it's incredibly important that it's not just going in one ear and out the other, or that it's not something that you just are giving uh, um, mental assent to on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. but that you're allowing the truth of this to change your life. And that's... Um, that's the hope, I guess, for us as a church. Um, we've run out of time already, but man, so grateful uh, for what we get to do on Sunday mornings and how we get to um, encourage each other and, and lead each other. Um, and so uh, looking forward to seeing you next Sunday.